Sometimes our intuition is leading us directly into something that will be challenging and hard and difficult because that is what we need to go through in order to be the person that we want to be and become to have the things that we want. Hey friends, welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I'm your host, Stephanie Zamora, and I am very excited to be here for my first solo episode. Well, my first solo episode, I guess, of season two. If you listen to season one, the first three episodes, I really lay out some of the fundamental processes and frameworks that I teach in my business and I do in the work with my clients. And I did that very specifically to introduce you to the concepts, but also so that you could really see them play out in each of the different interviews and each person's very unique story, you will see a lot of the same patterns, the same processes, the same concepts coming up over and over again. And so I have been having the best time talking to people myself and seeing how they have moved through these processes of rising up and coming back and making impossible things happen in their life and work and relationships, as well as living their purpose and figuring out who they're here to be after they've been through a challenging chapter or big life transition. Because as I say, life is always shaping us. And inside of that shaping our work in the world, our purpose shifts and evolves as well, the way that we express ourselves in the world. So it has been such a fun time having these interviews over the first season and then now getting the second season out and beginning to book people and record for season three that will come out in the fall. In this episode, I want to speak to intuition, self-trust, and discernment. Before we can have some of the bigger conversations that I want to have in these solo episodes, such as how we make impossible things happen and how we raise our self-worth, how we unhook from interpretation and break free from self-sabotage and our subconscious programming, we really have to have this foundation of intuition, trust, especially self-trust, and the ability to discern. So let's dig in and talk about some of these concepts. The important thing to remember if you are new to the conversation about intuition is that it lives in the body and not the mind. Intuition is that internal knowing, that sense that something is right or wrong, that a place is safe or unsafe, that we should move forward or not. It is not rooted in logic. It does not come from our thoughts and it is not a part of the mind. Intuition lives in our body. It's our gut response. It's our animal body responding to the energies at play, often in a way that we can't logically and consciously understand. Having a relationship with our intuition is incredibly important because it's our body responding to what's right or wrong for us. Nobody else can do that for us. Nobody else can use their intuition to tell us what's right or wrong for us. They can use their intuition to support us in the process of figuring things out for ourselves because they're going to pick up on the energies at play if they are intuitive and if they are able to discern what is their own ego and projection versus what is energies that they're picking up on. I do a lot of intuitive coaching with my clients and that's exactly what I do. So it's not that my intuition is saying, well, this is what's right for this person, but my intuition will feed me information such as "Mm, something feels off there. That doesn't seem like it's really aligning for them. Like I'm picking up on a resistance or I'm picking up on a fear. And so my intuition comes into play in coaching and in conversation with other people as a way of reflecting the energy that already exists, reflecting what's going on for other people. So if somebody else is bringing their intuition into the conversation about what's right and wrong for you, they can't know the answer to 
that. They can only pick up on different energies and possibly insights around what's going on for you or the dynamics at play or the energies at play, but they still can't say what's right or wrong for you. So be aware of that if you're working with other people, whether that's coaches, therapists, talking to friends and family. If somebody says, my intuition says this is right for you, Mm, do a gut check. (laughs) What does your intuition say? Be discerning in what's actually right and wrong for you because they might be able to pick up on it feels like there's a lot of expansive energy in this or this person, my intuition says they have some good energy about them. That is something that someone can offer to us, but they can't say if something is right or wrong for us. So intuition lives in the body, which means we have to be grounded and anchored and rooted and tuned into our bodies. We have to be present. We have to live in our body. And if we have had traumatic experiences, especially certain types of trauma, there are times that we are not present and grounded in our body. I certainly experienced that after my loss and the PTSD and the abusive relationship that I was in and some of the trauma that I experienced. It took me out of my body. It was hard for me to be in my body. And when it's hard for us to be in our body, it's hard for us to really tune in and hear our intuition speaking to us. So presence, grounding, really being in tune with the subtle ways that your body communicates to you, your intuition, your gut, the way that your nervous system responds to things, that is really critical when it comes to hearing and heeding our intuition. If you're feeling disconnected from your body, that would be the first step. What can you do to ground? Senses, using our senses is one of the best ways to do that. So that can be really getting still and really being present with how things feel. What is the texture of the desk that you're sitting at? What are the details? Can you really take in the details of your keyboard? or the wall in your office or whatever it is, can you really stop and inhale and breathe slowly and feel the oxygen going in through your mouth, down your throat, into your lungs, really feeling all the sensations that go with that. As you do that, can you really take in all of the different smells and listen to all of the different sounds that are close to you and far away and really engage with your senses? That brings you back into your body. And that's a practice that I use pretty consistently just in general, but I use it especially when I'm feeling disconnected from my body and myself and my intuition as I really ground into this moment and I do that through my senses. This is also really helpful if you're having a triggered trauma response. So I wrote a post very specifically about being intimately familiar with my steering wheel. And this was in a car that I don't have anymore, but I could still probably draw or describe that steering wheel to a T because oftentimes I would get triggered after being somewhere or being with somebody. And so I I would be in my car, either at home, driving home, getting ready to drive home. And the thing that I would do is I would grip the steering wheel because I was anxious <laughs> and panicky. So my grip was tight, but I would really stop and I would breathe and I would take in the sounds around me and I would take in any smells and I would feel my body in the seat and I would feel my hands gripping the steering wheel and I would feel all the way down to the texture underneath each finger. What is the texture? Where are the ribs of my steering wheel cover? And I would look at it in such great detail. So I would look at the stitching and the wear and the tear and the texture and the color and the places that the leather on this particular wrap were cracked and I would take it in in great detail and while I was doing that I would really speak to myself and settle myself and say I'm in this moment I am here I am safe everything is okay but using our senses is a really powerful way to come back into our body so make that a habit make that a practice if you're doing the dishes if you're watching tv if you're working if you're driving just take in through your senses everything that's happening in this moment 
Other practices that are really good are things like meditation, anything that keeps you in your body. So meditation, exercise for me, those ground me in my body. Those bring me back to center. They get me in the habit of being in myself, being here in this moment, and really being, again, mindful of my senses, mindful of this moment, mindful of my experience. And so make whatever practices feel right for you a part of your daily life if you're feeling disconnected from your body, because that's so incredibly important when it comes to intuition. And when it comes to navigating these journeys that we walk through, these challenging chapters and big life transitions, and getting really clear on who we're here to be and what our purpose is in the world, we need our intuition to do that. And we need our intuition to be discerning in what's right and wrong for us to navigate everything that we go through. When it comes to building trust in your intuition, on my site, if you head over to stephaniesmore.com shop, we actually have a self-coaching guide, which is all about reconnecting with your intuition. So I really recommend this. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. It's very inexpensive. It's something that you can use over and over again. And essentially the practice is getting in the habit of understanding how your intuition communicates to you. So a yes tends to be expansive, opening, energizing. You might feel yourself actually leaning in towards something and opening and expanding, you might, mm, mm-hmm, yes, there's different ways that a yes can come through, but in general, it tends to be more expansive. When a no comes through, it tends to be contractive. So that might be resistance, tension, stress. We might, mm, I don't think so. Mm, I don't know. We might physically move and pull away from something. The way that my body says yes and no is different from the way that yours does. And so the practice essentially in this coaching guide is to go through your regular decision-making process with the addition of tuning into how your body responds to opportunities, invitations, people, situations, noticing what your body does the second something is presented to you and carrying on as normal, seeing how the experience goes and then relating that back to what did I feel in my body before I went to this networking event? I felt tension, I felt heaviness, I felt this like, Mm, I don't know. But then I got into my mind and I convinced myself that I should go because I'm trying to grow my business and blah, 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 blah. And I had a horrible time. It was all the wrong people. It was stressful. Getting there was awful. Whatever happened, right? Mm, That was my body saying no. That was my intuition piping up and saying, nope, this isn't right for us. Notice and relate information about what happened back to what your body did. One of the important things to understand about intuition is fear. So if you feel in your body the response of a no, so if you feel contraction of some kind, it's really important to take the extra step to tune in and ask yourself, is this how my body responded immediately when the option was presented to me? Or was the option presented to me and then I had a thought that triggered a fear that brought tension into my body? Sometimes when we feel contraction, that doesn't mean that it's a no. It just means that our mind got involved really quickly and triggered fear and fear can often bring that tension into our body. So you have to get to the root of what happened immediately after something was presented to you. And this just takes a bit of practice. That's the intuition piece. Very, very, very critical, very important. Some people are wired more inherently, more right out of the gate to be tuned into their intuition. Some of us are more intuitive than others. All of us have access to intuition because all of us have the ability to tune into our body and to pay attention to how it responds. It is always communicating to us. So don't be discouraged if this is a bit harder for you. It might mean that you're a more logical personality type and you tend to go straight to your mind before you even acknowledge that you have a body. It's just about practice. It's just about tuning in and developing and building and honing that skill. The next 
next piece that I want to talk about is trust. And there's three parts to this. So in order to really navigate these journeys that we're on, whatever it is that you're going through, you need to have your intuition. You need to have a relationship with it, but you have to have trust. And first and foremost, you have to have that trust in your intuition, meaning you know what your body is saying and you trust it implicitly. You don't question it. You don't doubt it. You don't try to explain it or make sense of it. And this is a really hard thing for especially logical types. So people who are a mind type or who use logic as their primary mode of engaging with the world, that's difficult. And it's difficult even if you're an intuitive feeling person and you have people around you that are logical because sometimes it's just a knowing. That's a no for me. That's a yes. I'm not going to do this. It just doesn't feel right. Mm, I don't know. I'm getting a no. For logical people, whether that's yourself or the people around you, we want to understand why it's a no, why it's a yes or no. And we'll often go to, well, on paper, this seems really good. This person that I'm considering dating, but I'm getting a no for, they meet everything on my list of what I want. Like we try to bring our mind into it and we want to intellectualize. And that's where we go off track. So you have to have trust in your intuition. This is something that I made a priority probably 15 or more years ago now, I decided to put my intuition in charge and it has never led me astray. There are times that I tried to ignore it. There are times that I still tried to use my logic to override it or I let other people convince me that maybe what I'm feeling isn't true, isn't accurate. Maybe it's coming from something else, but my intuition is never wrong, even when I try really hard to prove myself wrong. My intuition has asked me to move across the ocean more than once. It has said no to increase incredible opportunities that were very lucrative. Like I have really put my trust in my intuition and it has not led me astray. The only time that I go astray is when I ignore it. One more important thing to understand about intuition, and this comes with that self-trust, is that sometimes we falsely believe that if we trust our intuition, that everything will be synchronistic and smooth and seamless and magical. Sometimes that's true. A lot of the times that can be true. And sometimes our intuition is leading us directly into something that will be challenging and hard and difficult because that is what we need to go through in order to be the person that we want to be and become to have the things that we want. So listening to our intuition does not always mean that things are magical and seamless and smooth and synchronistic, but that doesn't mean that you made the wrong decision to listen to it. So building that trust in your intuition, that is the first piece of trust. The second piece of trust is building trust in yourself as a person. And we do this through a variety of ways. So I have to trust myself as a person if I'm going to trust my intuition and trust myself to discern what is right for me, especially in moments when everyone around me is disagreeing or trying to push me in a different direction. I have to trust myself, which means I have to have a track record with myself. That can look like having your own back. No matter what, I have my own back. No matter what happens, no matter what other people think or say about me, I have my own back. I believe in myself. I love myself. I respect myself. I have integrity with myself. I have my own back. First and foremost, always, no matter what. That is a huge piece of trusting ourselves. Keeping our word to ourselves. So keeping our word in general, having integrity, being a person who does what they say they're going to do, or who at least communicates very clearly when they can't live up to something that they committed to. But this is especially important with ourselves. That's usually the place that we have the least amount of integrity. We set goals. We have our values. We say we want these boundaries. We're going to not tolerate these things anymore. I'm going to do these things, whether it's exercise or budgeting or whatever it might be, going to therapy, getting support in 
these ways, being healthier, and we don't follow through with that. We let ourselves off the hook around things that we've committed to for ourselves. You have to have integrity with yourself if you are going to trust yourself, and that's so critically important. And treat it like you would other people that you care about, meaning if you make a commitment to yourself, that commitment is important. Put it on your calendar. Figure out a way to follow through. If you don't, have a loving, graceful conversation with yourself about why you didn't and what needs to happen to follow through on the things that you say are important. The last piece of building trust in ourselves is seeing that we can survive the hard things and doing those hard things. So pushing our edges when it comes to growth and healing is a really big part of that. And that means that I'm going to continually, intentionally, consciously push beyond my comfort zone. This is especially relevant to healing and growth, but healing when we have trauma, at some point we have to start pushing our edges. We have to expand our window of tolerance for what we feel comfortable with. When we do this, when we start to navigate situations that are outside of our comfort zone, beyond our present window of tolerance, and we do this to a safe degree, and we do this with support when we need it, when trauma is involved. We don't want to re-traumatize ourselves. There are many situations where you should not go from zero to 100. You should go from zero to like 0.5. So if you have trauma, this is an important place to get support. That's something that I support my clients with. It can be a therapist. It can be another coach. It can be a mentor. It can be safe friends and family. Pushing our edges means I'm actively walking beyond my comfort zone and doing something that may spin me out, may cause me to fail in some way, may make me uncomfortable and at worst might cause me to have panic attacks, might make me, force me to face my trauma head on in a way that I've been avoiding. So pushing our edges is not easy work, but it's a way that we build trust in ourselves because we start to see that I can do hard things. As Glennon Doyle says, I can do hard things. I can push my edges. I can trust myself to navigate these harder parts of growth and healing. In a similar vein, one thing that I talk about in in the Make the Impossible Happen episodes, you can also head over to talesfromthejourney.tv slash free and grab our free workbook that goes through the five-stage matrix of how to make the impossible happen. And one of the pieces in the process and framework for making impossible things happen is navigating the terror barrier. Essentially what that is, is that when we go beyond what's known and familiar, our subconscious comes into play and it does everything that it can to get us to stop. That's why we self-sabotage. That's why it seems like everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Everything becomes hard and chaotic and messy. Things start breaking. Things start falling through. All of your old triggers and traumas and fears come into play. This is the terror barrier and it's a normal part of growth and healing and going for more. And it is a big to be expected part of making the impossible happen. So in the same vein, moving through the terror barrier, navigating these ups and downs, these sudden chaotic highs and lows, everything going haywire, continuing to stay committed to what we want, continuing to move towards it, this builds trust in ourselves. Again, I can navigate hard things. I can move forward. I can make things happen for myself. And even when everything goes haywire around me, like I can stay committed to what I want. I follow through on the things that are important to me. Every time we do this, this expands our subconscious beliefs around what is possible and impossible for us, it allows us to start creating completely different outcomes. So this is really, really important work. 
The last part of trust is building trust in the universe. Our universe is endlessly expanding. This is science, this is measurable, which means that we are always expanding. We are always wired for continuous growth and healing. We are meant to become more. We're meant to grow into exactly who we're here to be. And I talk more about this in some of the earlier episodes as well in season one, but it's building trust in that energy, whatever it is, instead of feeling like life is happening to us and the world is hard and life is out to get us and whatever that might be for you, shifting to understanding that the energy in this world that we live in responds to us to a degree. Yes, there is a human element. Yes, there is chaos. There are things that just happen that are unexplainable, that are awful and horrific and chaotic and just don't make any sense. And we live in a universe, in a world that responds to us energetically. And the way that we show up inside the world causes it to reconfigure around us. Now, this sounds really out there. It sounds really woo-woo and crazy and like magical thinking and witchcraft, but really it's how we engage with the world, changes how the world responds to us, changes what we're able to create and attract to us, changes how we see and perceive things. And that is what feels like magic. So A Course in Miracles, there is a quote in that book that a miracle is just a shift in perception. The same is true when it comes to learning to trust in the universe. If you decide that you live in a world that supports your highest good, that there is some kind of energy at play above and beyond you, above and beyond your human willpower that can support you in creating what you want, that the universe is responding to you, the world is literally responding to you, and that if you can shift your way of being in the world, you will start to produce different outcomes. You will start to experience completely different things. You will start to be an energetic frequency match for better, different opportunities and people and whatever it is that creates a whole new experience. Again, I go into this in more depth. If you sign up for my Make the Impossible Happen workbook, you will get a discount code for the Make the Impossible Happen workshop. And I talk about this in a lot greater detail. But at the very least, deciding that you live in a universe that supports your highest good. It's baseline wiring. The way that it is designed to function is to support you in creating what you want and deciding that the world is not out to get you. That shifts your perception. That shifts your way of being in the world. And that allows you to have more trust in yourself in other people and experiences in pushing your edges and trying new things and doing hard stuff. And that allows you to create different outcomes. The last thing that I want to cover in this episode is discernment. So only you know what is right and true for you. This is really critical to understand. And I talked about this at the beginning. Nobody can know for sure what's right and wrong for you. There are a lot of people that will try to tell you that they know, and they might have insight. They might have valuable perspectives that can help you. They might see things that you don't see, but ultimately you are the only person that can decide what is right and true for you. This requires a tremendous amount of discernment, especially navigating these journeys that we're on through challenging chapters, big life transitions, so much is changing inside of you and outside of you that you have to be able to discern what's right and wrong for you. Because oftentimes we have changed so much at our core and who we are and what we're creating changes with it. And this can be really triggering and uncomfortable and confusing for the people around us. So they're going to have opinions. They're going to be projecting. They're going to have their own fears. They're going to be doing it often from a place of love and concern for you. But ultimately it's through their lens. It's through their beliefs, their value system, their desires, their limiting beliefs and fears. It's not really about you. Only you can discern what's right for you. I have shared in my book, Unravel especially, a lot of instances where I went against what everybody said I should be doing 
I did things that didn't make any sense and that triggered other people that were uncomfortable for other people. And every single one of those things that I did was the best thing that I could have done for myself from letting go of certain relationships to pulling all of my websites and content down at one point during my healing to moving to the mountains. There's just so many things I've done, so many offerings I've created that have gone against the advice and beliefs of what other people thought I should be doing. That required a tremendous amount of discernment, which means I was tuned into my intuition. So I was understanding what was a yes and a no for me. I was trusting that. I trusted myself. I trusted myself to make these decisions for myself, to know what was best for me, to navigate whatever the outcome might be, to navigate whatever it looked like, if it was a struggle, if it was hard, if it was challenging, to go in the direction that I wanted to go. I trusted myself to navigate that. I trusted that I was supported by the universe, that I was in a world that would reflect back to me that own trust and belief that I had in myself. And I could discern. Discernment requires that we have a tremendous amount of self-awareness because there are times that we can BS ourselves, bullshit ourselves about what's right for us. So we have to know when we're doing that. I have to know if I'm making this decision that I say is right for me because I'm actually afraid to do the thing that I need to do versus everybody thinks that I should be doing that, but I know in my bones, I know in my bones that I have to go this way. So we have to have a lot of self-awareness to be able to say, I think I'm just scared and I actually need to go in a different direction. I think I'm just letting myself off the hook so I don't have to do the uncomfortable hard work. Or I really truly know that this is what's right for me. So that takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of ability to be honest with ourselves about where we're at. This also requires understanding our subconscious programming. Again, grab the Make the Impossible Happen worksheet, www.stephaniesmore.com slash free. And if you're up for it, take the discount code and grab the full 90-minute workshop. Those will help you understand the subconscious pieces a bit more because what happens when we're trying to discern, when we're trying to make hard decisions that are right for us, especially when they go against what other people want for us, or we have to be honest about where we're uncomfortable, the subconscious is wired to keep us in the known and familiar. So it it will do anything it can to keep you from making changes that are different, that are scary, that are hard. You have to be aware of how your subconscious shows up, your favorite ways of stopping, how it derails you, your favorite ways to self-sabotage, and having the awareness that you're even doing it. So understanding the subconscious pieces and how it works to keep us safe by keeping us in the known and familiar, even if that known and familiar is painful and hard, that helps us with discernment because then it's easier for me to know I understand my subconscious. I understand my self-sabotaging behaviors. I know what my subconscious uses to get me to stop. I know its favorite stories from my core wounds and my fears and my traumas. So when I'm trying to be discerning about where it's right for me, I can pay attention for those things. And those clue me into, okay, what I think is right isn't right. I actually need to go in this other direction. I'm just afraid to. I'm just scared to. Here's those stories that I'm used to hearing that get me to stop. Here's the belief system that gets me to stop. This is my subconscious at play understanding how your subconscious works and how it gets you to stop is really critical to this as well. You will see a lot of conversation about intuition, trust, especially self-trust and discernment throughout our interviews, the interviews that we've already released and the ones that are going to follow this episode. Pay attention. Pay attention to how other people talk about their fears and their subconscious and how they rebuilt or maintained trust in themselves when everything went completely off plan, completely out of their control, when things got 
hard how their intuition played into it and their sense of faith and trust in the universe or God or whatever it is for them. Really look for that in the interviews and you'll start to see all the different ways that these things can show up and the different ways that people have really built them and built them up so that they're able to continue moving forward into the next stage of their life, really living their purpose fully after being shaped by these challenging chapters and big life transitions. I have really loved hearing everybody's take on intuition, self-trust, and discernment, and the places that that showed up for them, like the places that they had to listen to other people when maybe they didn't want to, or places where they had to go against what everyone was saying they thought was right for them. That is some of the most difficult work, and that's why I wanted to start the solo episodes before we go into some of the bigger topics with intuition, self-trust, and discernment. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to my signature process for how to make the impossible happen, packaged in a simple, easy-to-follow workbook that you can implement immediately. Whether you're trying to heal in the aftermath of a challenging chapter, working to uncover your purpose, or going after anything else that feels impossible, you'll learn how to take an entirely different kind of action that goes against much of what you've been taught about manifestation and goal achievement. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.